Section 5 of The Meadow Sprite and Other Tales of Modern Germany. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. The Meadow Sprite and Other Tales of Modern Germany. The Water Sprite's Fiddlesticks by Rudolf Bombash. Translated by Gertrude R. Schottenfels. There once was a little boy named Frederick, who had neither father nor mother. He was such a beautiful child that when he played on the street outside his door, people stopped to look at him and asked, To whom does the little one belong? Then the surly old woman who had raised him on thin broth and plentiful scoldings would answer, He is a poor little orphan, and the best thing for him would be if his heavenly father would see fit to take him home. But Frederick had no longings for the kingdom of heaven. He was very well satisfied with things as they were down here, and he throve like the red thistle behind his foster mother's house. He had no playmates. When the other boys of the village built bark canoes and sent them floating down the mill pond or romped together in the hay, Frederick sat at the meadows, imitating the whistle of the different birds. One day, while engaged in this pleasing occupation, he was approached by old Nick, a bird-catcher by trade. He was greatly impressed by the boy's beauty and cleverness, and made overtures of friendship. From that time on the two were inseparable, and could be frequently seen before the hut of the bird-catcher, sitting close together and chatting like two old companions in arms. Nick not only knew how to relate wonderful tales of the forest, but he also could play on the fiddle, and undertook to instruct Frederick in this art having first presented him with an old fiddle, which he had mended for him. His pupil certainly did him credit, for before a month had passed, Frederick could play several popular songs quite well indeed. The old bird-catcher was highly elated, and predicted that if God spared his life, Frederick would some day be first violin at church consecrations. When the lad was fifteen years old, all the neighbors met together in solemn conclave to hold discourse over him. They decided that it was about time for him to learn something properly useful, with which to earn his living. When they asked him what he would like to be, he answered, A musician. Whereupon the good people held up their hands in horror. Then from among them a man who was held in high regard stepped forward, grasped the boy's hand, and said with dignity, I will try to make something worthy out of him. Then all the neighbors crowded around him and congratulated him, for they considered him very fortunate to have found such a master. He was a man of no little importance. He shaved the peasants' hair and beards, bled the fever patients, pulled out bad teeth and occasionally good ones, by mistake. He was the village barber, but people always referred to him as the doctor, for in those days the village barber was also a surgeon and a dentist, as you may perhaps have heard before. On the same day Frederick entered the house of his employer, and began his duties by fetching his master's beer from the alehouse. Gradually he learned how to make lather and strop a razor, and to do all the other things pertaining to his profession. His master was pleased with him in every respect except his music, for he would persist in practicing zealously every spare moment he found. This, according to the barber's view, was a mere waste of time, since music belonged to the profitless arts, thus two years passed by. Then there came a day upon which Frederick was to make a test of his skill as a practice. If it met with 
his master's approval he would become a journeyman and might start out into the world to seek his fortune while travelling the test consisted of shaving his master's beard satisfactorily and that was no joke i can assure you the eventful day came round the barber sat in the chair a white towel round his neck and leaned back frederick lathered his stout double chin stropped the razor and began his task but suddenly outside the door were heard the sound of violin and flute a bear leader with a dancing bear was passing that way when the apprentice heard the music his hand involuntarily twitched and left a long bloody gash from his ear to his nose across his master's cheek alas poor frederick the chair upon which the barber sat was thrown hastily backward on to the floor in a raging fury the bleeding man sprang upon his pupil and gave him a ringing box on the ear then he threw open the door pointed to it and cried go to the cuckoo thereupon frederick packed his various belongings took his fiddle under his arm and went to the cuckoo now the cuckoo lived in an oak tree in the forest and as luck would have it chanced to be at home when frederick called he patiently heard the young man's story through to the end then shook his wings and said young friend if i wished to help every one who is sent to me i should have my hands more than full times are very hard and i'm glad that i have been able to dispose of my own children tolerably well i've put my eldest son out to board in the family of wagtails neighbor redstart has taken my second son into his house while my third who is a girl has been adopted by an old hedge sparrow my friend the wren is taking care of my two youngest ones as for myself i must keep on the go from morn till night to make both ends meet for the last fourteen days i have subsisted entirely upon hairy caterpillars and i am sure your stomach could never stand such food no sorry though i am to say so i can do nothing to help you thereat frederick hung his head sorrowfully said good-bye and went away he had not gone far however when the bird called after him stop frederick perhaps i can help you after all an idea has just occurred to me come along saying which he spread his wings and flew along ahead of frederick the latter had some difficulty in following his leader since the undergrowth was very dense and thorn hedges were plentiful along the way at last the sunlight was visible between the trunks of the trees and shone sparkling on the water here we are said the cuckoo alighting on an alder bough before them lay a dark green fish-pond which was fed by a foaming waterfall reeds and yellow irises grew along its bank and snowy water-lilies with their broad green leaves floated on its surface now watch out said the clever bird when the sun sinks and the spray of the waterfall gleams with the seven colours of the rainbow then the water sprite will come up from the bottom of the pond where he dwells in a crystal palace and sit on the shore but do not be afraid on the contrary speak to him and the rest will follow it of itself frederick gratefully thanked the cuckoo who winged his swift flight back into the forest when the spray of the waterfall gleamed with the seven colours of the rainbow sure enough the water sprite came up from his crystal palace he had on a red coat and a white collar his hair was green and hung down to his shoulders in a tangled mane he seated himself on a rock which reared itself above the glassy surface of the water and let his feet dangle in the pond while he began to comb his hair with his ten fingers it was a tedious task for tangled in his thick masses were seaweed duckweed and little snail shells and while he was combing it he made a very wry face 
this is exactly the right time for my interview said frederick to himself thereupon he screwed up his courage and emerged from the alder hedge where he had until now been hiding he lifted his hat and said in his most polite way good evening master sprite but no sooner had his voice broken the stillness than the sprite plumped into the water and dove beneath like a frightened frog in a little while he ventured to stretch his head out of the water and ask in no friendly tones well what do you want i'm an experienced barber began frederick and with your kind permission i should like to comb your hair for you indeed i should consider it a great honor if you would allow me to do so thereupon the sprite climbed out of the stream and exclaimed rejoicingly indeed you come at a most opportune moment what trouble and vexation have i not had with my hair since my aunt the lorelei so basely deserted me and after all i have done for her the ungrateful creature one morning she disappeared and my golden comb was also missing now i am told she sits on a rock in the rhine making love to a boatman in a little skiff my golden comb will soon be gone with these words he took a seat on a stone and frederick drew forth his shaving outfit fastened a white towel round his neck and combed and oiled his hair till it was as smooth as silk then he parted it in the middle from his forehead to his neck took off the towel and scraped a sweeping bow the sprite got up and looked with approval at his image in the water what do you charge he asked frederick was about to make his usual reply as much as you wish to pay when fortunately it occurred to him that there is no time like the present and that one should strike while the iron is hot so he cleared his throat and began the story of his life and so you would like to become a musician asked the sprite when frederick was through well take your fiddle and let me hear you play whereupon the young man took his fiddle tuned the strings and played his best piece and as he finished he looked expectantly at the sprite the latter merely grinned and made a wry face then he reached among the reeds and drew forth a violin and bow which he adjusted and began to play upon such playing poor frederick had never heard at first it sounded like the wind sighing among the reeds then like the raging of a waterfall and last of all like a gently flowing stream the birds in the branches overhead hushed their singing the bees ceased their humming and even the fishes raised their heads out of the pond to listen to the sweet strains tears came into frederick's eyes and he raised his hands entreatingly and said please master sprite take me as your pupil that is impossible replied the sprite it is also unnecessary for if you will but leave me your comb i promise you that you shall become the greatest musician the world has ever known a violinist without a rival frederick rejoiced you may have my entire outfit if you wish he cried impulsively reaching it to him as he spoke the sprite grasped it eagerly and instantly sank beyond view wait a moment wait a moment cried the poor young man but he might as well have spared his breath for no ripple stirred the placid surface of the water he waited one hour waited two but neither saw nor heard anything of the sprite poor frederick sighed deeply it was plainly evident to him that the false sprite had basely betrayed him but what was that lying at his feet as he turned to go whither he knew not it was nothing more nor less than the sprite's fiddlestick lying there at the water's edge he stooped to pick it up and as he did so it sent an electric shock from his fingertips to his very shoulder blades and what was more it seemed to impel him to try it on his fiddle he started to play a popular air entitled 
what shall a poor fellow do but no sooner had his hand grasped the bow then an unseen power seemed to guide his fingers and the strings breathed forth such sweet silvery strains as he had never before heard except the time the sprite played his violin the birds came fluttering thither and settled on the boughs to listen the fishes swam to the surface of the pond and the timid deer and does came out of the forest and stood near him to listen with eyes that seemed almost human in their intelligence and frederick knew not how it came to pass but every beautiful thought which came surging through his mind and soul found instant expression through his hand and rang out in tones of piercing sweetness on his old brown fiddle even the sprite emerged from his crystal palace to nod approvingly at frederick from the surface of the water then he disappeared to be seen no more and frederick still playing as in a dream emerged from the forest and wandered for many years through all the kingdoms of the earth playing before kings and emperors gold was fairly showered upon him and he might have become a very wealthy man had he not been so truly a musician but as we all know no true artists ever accumulate fortunes he had given away his shaving outfit and therefore he was compelled to let his hair grow long like samson's the other musicians observed this and soon began to imitate him which did not disturb him in the least since imitation is the sincerest flattery and from that time to the present day musicians have affected long bushy hair End of chapter five